You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 22. Verses 1 through 4. Eliphaz claims God is too great to be concerned with Job. The third and final set of speeches by Job's friends begins, minus Zophar, with Eliphaz the Temanite, the eldest, beginning again. He is frustrated with Job, and he begins by emphasizing the almighty nature of God. He says God doesn't do good to us because he is indebted to us, which is true. He says nothing we do adds to him or is a profit or gain to him if we are wise or blameless. This is somewhat true in that God is separate and independent of us. He is not lessened by our sin, nor built up by our holiness. But this is opposite to what they've been claiming all along, that he is watching men and then meeting out swift punishment. He now implies that God is so lofty and transcendent that he wouldn't be concerned with men's trivial lives. This is similar to the idea of deism, which many of the American founding fathers believed. It's not atheistic, but their God is a distant creator who figuratively winds up the clock of the universe and then goes off to do whatever else he wants to do and leaves the world and its inhabitants to manage on their own. That is not the God of the Bible. He is the creator, but he is intimately involved with his creatures. He is transcendent or above his creation and not subject to it, but he is also imminent or operating within his universe. Verses 5 through 11, Eliphaz levels false charges at Job, leading to false conclusions. Then he turns on Job, first charging that his wickedness is great and his sins are endless. Then he describes his crimes with no evidence that any of it is true, but he assumes it is true because it fits with his narrow worldview. He describes oppression of the poor, leaving people without food, water, or clothing. He gave nothing to the widows and fatherless, even though he was a powerful, honored landowner. God always expects his people to care for the poor, widows, and the fatherless. These were serious charges, totally without merit. It's true that rich and powerful people do often oppress those weaker than themselves. Ecclesiastes 4.1 says, Again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place Under the sun, I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no comforter. Power was on the side of their oppressors, and they have no comforter. Our aim is to do justice to the fatherless and oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. Psalm 10, 18. Then he links these supposed sins with his current situation. That is why snares are all around you. Why sudden peril terrifies you, why it is so dark you cannot see, and why a flood of waters covers you. Verses 12 to 14, the transcendence of God. In the middle of some deep thoughts about the greatness of God, he stops to accuse Job of saying something he hadn't said, that God is not omniscient and is not aware of what is happening on earth. Is not God in the heights of heaven? And see how lofty are the highest stars. Yet you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? 
Thick clouds veil him, so he does not see us as he goes about in the vaulted heavens. There is a similar thought attributed to the wicked in Psalm 73:11. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? Unbelievers live like God doesn't see everything they say, think, and do. But clouds or darkness do not obscure his vision. But Job had never said this. He only asked if God was as limited in his understanding as his friends were. But he was seeking to understand what was happening. He was not mocking God. Verses 15 through 20, the judgment of the wicked. Eliphaz warns Job that if he continues on the same path as the wicked, he will receive the same judgment. He refers to them being washed away by a flood, which may be a reference to the global flood of Noah's day. He said this happened because they told God to leave them alone and did not believe he would judge them. He said this was a shocking response, considering it was he who filled their houses with good things. And this is a reference to the idea of common grace. Jesus mentions it in Matthew 5.45, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And in Acts 14, 16 and 17, Paul says, In the past he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without witness. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. It shows ingratitude to fail to acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. Then he says that when the wicked get their just desserts, the righteous and innocent rejoice that they are destroyed. Verses 21 to 30, he urges Job to repent and he would be blessed. The way to experience happy days ahead and avoid further judgment from God is to repent. Eliphaz advises Job. He must submit to God and accept instruction. He implies Job was a stranger and enemy of God and that he was slandering him. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent. The key word was if. This way prosperity would come to him. Eliphaz counseled Job to exchange his objects of faith. He implied Job was greedy for gold, so he should spurn earthly treasure and then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done and light will shine on your ways. You see, Job, it's as easy as that. God would even deliver one who is not innocent like you. Yet there is truth here as well. We are not innocent, and we need to repent and return to God. To repent is to change our minds. It's to read or hear the Bible's verdict of us, that we are sinful, and agree with it wholeheartedly. Stop fighting, admit you're a sinner, then cry out to God for mercy, and realize He has made a way for us to be reconciled, the death of His Son. Ask God to accept you on the basis of Christ's finished work on the cross and nothing that you've done. Acknowledge that you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he lived a perfect life you could not live 
and he died as a perfect sacrifice for your sins to pay a debt he did not owe, to pay the debt you owed but could not pay. Then forsake your sin and ask him to indwell you with his spirit and help you live for him. That is biblical repentance. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Eliphaz accused Job of not caring for the poor, widows, and orphans. We are to demonstrate our faith by doing these things. These were false accusations. Jesus was falsely accused, as was Stephen and Paul. It may happen to us as well. Eliphaz urged Job to repent. We are also to repent. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 23. May God bless the study of his word.